0: chapter 7 I would like to begin this evening to share some thoughts on the sin of judgmentalism the sin of being judgmental so The natural place to begin is this verse out of the Sermon on the Mount, or these verses out of the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And then in John chapter 7, just one verse here. John seven twenty four. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Or the literal is, judge the righteous judgment. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge the righteous judgment. There is a righteous judgment and an unrighteous judgmentalism. And we're going to begin, anyway, this evening to examine that. Why don't we pray before we go on. Father, we ask that you would teach us from your word here tonight. We pray, Father, that you would deliver us from this sin and grant us discernment that we might judge the righteous judgment. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus said, do not judge, he was not saying we should never disagree with people uh, or disapprove of Wrong behavior or wrong attitudes. In fact, over and over in the scriptures, we are exhorted to distinguish between right and wrong and good and evil, and uh, that has to do not just with actions but even with attitudes in our own lives to begin with and then in others. Uh, this scripture is not an encouragement to tolerate evil or error. In fact, in the same uh, chapter, the same sermon that Jesus was speaking there in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, talking about not judging, he talked to us about uh, discerning uh, false prophets. That has to do with making a judgment between who's a false prophet and who isn't a false prophet. And also, just as we read in this section, Uh, He talked about not giving what is holy to dogs. That means you have to determine which person is in that category and which isn't. Um, So he's certainly not giving any kind of an encouragement here to tolerate evil or error. But he was uh, saying that we need to be careful because there is this thing of judgmentalism. And it is insidious. By that mean, by that I mean it's subtle sometimes. It's crafty. It can sneak in. It can creep in to our lives ever so subtly. And not only harm others, but if we are judgmental, it will bring harm to us as well. Because he says, for in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it shall be be measured to you. We can bring judgment on ourselves if we are not careful in this area of judgmentalism. Um, Now, I do want to preface this by saying I'm not aiming this at anybody here in particular. I am aiming at us, all of us, in general. And the reason I'm Saying that is that I think uh, we all have a propensity towards this thing of judgmentalism. If we think we're free from this type of thinking, we're fooling ourselves. One person said it this way, non-judgmentalism is much like humility. Humility. Once you once you assume that you have it, you can be pretty. That's a pretty sure indicator that you don't. If you think you're just totally non-judgmental, uh, that's a bad sign. <laughs> so, people, it's it's subtle. I I tell you, you can become uh, very judgmental in denouncing judgmentalism, and in fact. That happens a lot, uh, where the non-Christian is talking about the Christian being judgmental. And if you really dug into their lives, you'd find out this person is extremely judgmental, the one that's talking about the Christians being so judgmental. So I'm saying that uh, we have to even be careful about our denunciation of judgmentalism. So anyway, let's try to analyze this subject, this area of being judgmental, asking God to give us right judgment as we seek to understand this. And tonight I just want to look at one scriptural example of this thing of judgmentalism. And it's found in John chapter 8. This is the account of the woman caught in adultery. And I think that we can learn some of the essential dynamics of judgmentalism and right judgment from this account. Now let's just read read it. I know you're familiar with it, but just for the sake of, of bringing the uh, things to our mind here again, let's read through this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the midst, in the midst of all these people, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman what then do you say and they were saying this testing him in order that they might have grounds for accusing him but jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground and when they persisted in asking so this there was a time period here where he was just writing in the ground People have wondered what what he was writing. Nobody knows. But there was a time period there. They persisted in asking him. He straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, And he was left alone. And the woman was there in the midst. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. From now on, sin no more. Now there's many, many lessons that can be learned from this incredible account, but we just want to zero in on this subject of judgmentalism. And I think that you can see some of the important dynamics of judgmentalism in this section. And I do want to give credit to a person named Terry Cooper who wrote a book named Making Judgments Without Being Judgmental. I don't have the book, but I've read quite a bit of of it on the Internet. And so a number of these thoughts here this evening uh, are from that that book. First thing I would say that we can see in this account is that a judgmental person often uses another's sin as a method of self-avoidance and also self-advancement. They use another... A judgmental person, now we're talking about, uses another's sin as a method of self-avoidance. <clears throat> These scribes and Pharisees could avoid dealing with their own sin by focusing on the sin of others. And that's a mark of a judgmental person. They're avoiding something. What they're avoiding is dealing with the sin in their own life. And they can do that, they think, By looking for the sins in other people's lives. Uh, Now, what Jesus said concerning this is that it is hypocrisy. That type of an attitude is hypocrisy. If you remember what he said there in the Sermon on the Mount, he called people that do this kind of judging, uh, he said, You hypocrites you hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He's saying the place to begin with this thing of sin is in your own life, always in your own life. Start there. If you start out there, that's a mark of, judge, of being a judgmental person. That's a mark of hypocrisy. A great deal of our Judgmental reaction to others is based on a failure to look at ourselves. It involves an arrogance towards others and an ignorance of ourselves. An arrogance towards others and ignorance of ourselves. But it's a willful ignorance, you see. You're choosing to look out there first instead of looking in here first. Jesus says that's hypocrisy. You've got to, if you're going to do any good... Dealing with anyone else's sins. You better start at home first. And I mean in your own heart. It's a willful ignorance. They choose to focus on other sins. So they don't have to face their own. Well. Jesus when he was dealing. With this. Situation. With this woman taken in adultery. He cuts right through all that. And he says to those Pharisees. He. He. is without sin that that person cast the first stone and what's he doing? He's saying look at your own life, look at yourself look inward first and uh, that is if we're going to have any righteous judgment you're going to have to start there if you try to start out there you'll just end up in some type of judgmentalism So that's the first point that we can see from this account. Jesus points them to their own hearts. He who was without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Another characteristic of judgmentalism is seen in the Pharisees' hard-heartedness. They were hard-hearted, and that's the way a judgmental person will be it will be a hard-heartedness. Judgmentalism is ready to write the erring one off rather than work to restore him or her. Um, Very good verse on that. The attitude that we should have is found. I won't won't have you turn to it. I'll just read it to you here. In Galatians chapter uh, 6, Brethren, if a man is caught in any trespass, any trespass. You who are spiritual, restore, that's the word, restore, that should be your desire, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Instead of going with an attitude of of trying to rip apart, you're trying to restore. In other words, it's the difference between having a a, a gentle heart, so talks about the spirit of gentleness, and having a hard heart. And we see in this account with the Pharisees how hard-hearted they were. It's a, a mark of judgmentalism. Actually, the Pharisees didn't really care about this woman at all. They were not concerned about her one bit. They only used her in order to try to trap Jesus. They had a, a totally different concern, another unrighteous concern, which had to do with trying to trap Christ. They weren't concerned about this lady at all. Their real desire had nothing to do with the righteousness of the law. Now, they presented it that way, you know, uh, saying uh, the law of Moses commanded us to so and such You woman. In other words, we're really concerned about the law. And there is, uh, in this thing of judgmentalism, it's often practiced under the guise of being zealous for what is right. It'll come across that way. We, we were concerned about the law. Well, they were not concerned about the law. They weren't concerned about this lady. They were concerned about trying to trap Jesus, get him into something that would get him into trouble. That's what they wanted To do so, um, it had nothing to do really with the righteousness of the law, but it had a lot to do with their reputation and self promotion. That's what this was all about. It wasn't about this woman, they didn't care about that, they really didn't care about the law being upheld, they cared about their own reputation and. Self promotion. They hated Jesus because he had exposed their selfishness and self seeking. So, judgmentalism is selfish and lacks kindness towards others. Jesus, on the other hand, put forth a righteous judgment in this situation. So, you see both judgmentalism and a righteous judgment, which treated this woman with kindness and empathy, yet did not overlook her sin. We're not talking about overlooking sin, you see, when we're talking about uh, not being judgmental. You didn't, it's not a matter of just overlooking sin. Jesus did not do that. He told this woman, neither do I condemn you, go your way, from now on sin no more. So he was very concerned about the sin in this woman's life, but he was concerned about her restoration doing her good, and not ulterior motives. So, um, he cared for her as a person made in the image of God, having value and dignity, even though sinful. As the song said that we started out with, Jesus is a friend of sinners. What a friend of sinners. A friend that will be faithful To talk to you about sin, but not judgmental in the sense of not caring, not being uh, kind and loving in that situation. To put it another way, judgmentalism is negative and destructive rather than positive and corrective. Or to say it another way, judgmentalism is graceless and loveless. Judgmentalism is graceless and loveless. And I don't just mean how it treats others. It's graceless and loveless in how it treats others. But it's also um, graceless and loveless in the sense that it does not know and understand the grace and love of God itself. You find a person that's judgmental and you're, you're looking at a person that does not understand the grace of God. They do not understand the love of God in Christ. A person that is habitually judgmental, you can be pretty sure does not understand and appreciate grace or the love of God. On the other side of that, we could say it this way one of the main things that will keep us from judgmentalism is regularly reminding ourselves of the great grace that God has shown us in Christ. You won't find that, you see, as an attitude in a judgmental person. But a person that will judge righteous judgment is a person that has known and experienced the love of God and the grace of God. And if, we want, if we're going to keep ourselves from this thing and we all need to work at this because we all will fall into it if we don't we all need to be regularly reminding ourselves of the great grace that god has shown us in christ and then extending that grace and love out to others harsh condemnation of others indicates a lack of grace and acceptance in our own lives Lastly, then, from this account, we can see that a judgmental person draws premature, negative conclusions without investigating things sufficiently. They will make snap judgments without a fair hearing. In this particular case, if this woman was caught in the very act of adultery, where was the man involved? I mean, if they're caught in the very act, the man should be standing there right there with her in this condemnation. This thing was not investigated. This thing was not uh, delved into the way it should have been. They, uh, a judgmental person will make snap judgments without a fair hearing of the situation. Often in judgmentalism, there is a rush to judgment based on emotion of the moment. You've got to be careful about that. We all have to be careful about that. In this case, the emotion was the extreme dislike of Christ. It really didn't have much to do with this woman, but it had a lot to do with their emotional dislike, extreme emotional dislike of Jesus. Now, along with that, I'd say it this way. Righteous judgment often takes time if you're making a snap decision on something concerning a person or a group you better be careful you're likely to make a judgmental decision righteous judgment often takes time a righteous judgment involves an insistence to look at all the relevant facts before reaching a conclusion it weighs out it evaluates it thinks through things carefully let's just let me read you a couple of proverbs here that fit very well i think proverbs eighteen thirteen says this he who gives an answer before he hears it is falling ashamed to him saying this is the way it is before you really know the way it is but we're prone to do that um in the same chapter, 1817. The first to plead his case seems just until another comes and examines him. You you know, unless you hear both sides of something, you're not hearing what the situation really is. And one more here. This one doesn't fit quite as well. It is a snare for a man to say rashly, it is holy, and after the vows to make inquiry. I mean, you can do this in a positive or a negative way, saying, oh, that's, that's great, when in fact you don't know very much about it at all. So, judgmentalism only understands, it's only taken the time to understand its own viewpoint. That's all these Pharisees did. They knew what they wanted to do. They didn't care about the details. They didn't care about the facts or anything else. It, uh, only took, they only took the time to understand their own viewpoint. It was a bad viewpoint. Judgmentalism is too impulsive to carefully consider things. First impressions, stereotypes, and hearsay are sufficient for the judgmental person. A righteous judgment judging a righteous judgment, seeks to be fair in its representation of people and groups with which it disagrees. That's a... Think of this political season. And people actually trying to be fair to the other person's side, you don't see much of it. Now, I said that in this account there in John chapter 7 nobody knows what Jesus was writing there in the dirt when he stooped down but I wonder if part of what he was doing was just taking the time to figure out what was the right course for him to take in this situation the point is it takes some time sometimes figure out what the righteous judgment is the righteous thing to do is and this i don't know how long it was but it said they persisted in asking him it didn't he didn't just it wasn't just a second or two there there was some time we was scribbling in the in the dirt and it may well be that he was taking time to figure out what was the righteous course to take what was the righteous judgment in this very difficult situation. This was a very difficult situation that he found himself in. So the point is that a righteous judgment takes time. It's not quick to judge. It's quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So if we find ourselves quick to give our opinion of a person or a group without knowing the facts we will be in danger of judgmentalism. Well, those are just a few thoughts and I imagine there would be more on the subject of judgmentalism that we could even draw from this account. Anyway, what we've done here is just give a little introduction to the subject, scratch the surface of this sin of judgmentalism. And uh, next time I speak which may be this Sunday, um, uh, I plan to go on with this subject, uh, look at some more examples and what we can learn concerning this subject of of judgment, of righteous judgment, and, and judgmentalism. Let me just give you a quick overview of what we've said here tonight. We've said that judgmentalism is insidious. That is, it's subtle, it's crafty, and if we think we're not affected by it or uh, have any of it in our lives, we're probably fooling ourselves. So that's the first thing. It's something that we all have to, to deal with. The next thing is that it focuses on others' sins so that it doesn't have to focus on your own sin or my own sin. Uh, the emphasis that we should always have is dealing with ourselves first that's what Jesus was teaching in his section there on not judging he says deal with the log before you deal with the speck look at yourself before you look at someone else Uh, We said that judgmentalism involves a hard heartedness it's ready to write off uh, the erring one rather than work to restore him or her. We said that judgmentalism is graceless and loveless, not only towards others, but in reality it's, a, it's an expression of the fact that that person doesn't know grace and love themselves. They've never experienced the grace of God. They've they'd never appreciated and understood the grace of God personally in their own lives. And we said that one of the great ways of keeping ourselves from judgmentalism is to regularly remember the great grace that God has shown us. And then lastly, we said that the judgmental person draws premature negative conclusions without investigating. Righteous judgment often involves time. If you make a snap judgment, it's likely to be a judgmental type judgment, so we need to ask God to help us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, especially in this area of in the area of judge judging. Well, that's all for this evening, and we'll uh, Lord willing go on from there next time.